Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and the Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Hey, special thanks to Paul Reed Smith. They make some of the best guitars in the world, and I'm so proud to have them as a sponsor. Check them out at prsguitars.com. Hey, everybody. Today on the podcast, we've got Tom Beaupree. He's a really good friend of mine. Tom is a lot of things. He's a great bass player. He's uh, in the band floor of George Line. He's a great songwriter. He's a husband. He's a friend. And now he's a daddy, a little Roman. He's also delving into being a financial advisor to his road buddies and making sure that they all have some money in their pocket if the gigs ever dry up. So here's my buddy, Tom. Senior Tom. Hello, Bart. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am uh, not unwell, thank you. I've been unwell, but I'm... On the up? I'm on the up. I like that about you. Is that you. what the kids say? Yeah, that's what the youth is saying. Those <laughs> millennials. <laughs> I think I've fallen that gap. I got my millennial dictionary at home. I forgot to <laughs> to look at what page is that on, you know? Eighteen. Eighteen. Fantastic. So, how's your fingers? How's your chops? How's your calluses? Oh, they're uh <laughs> I'm looking at them for you <laughs> listeners. Uh <laughs> they're very soft right now. Yeah? Uh yeah, we haven't really played music since well, we did a one show in December and before that was November, so yeah, we're on month like Three of a show. Well, now you're in your new abode. Oh, yes. The new family abode. Yes. So Moving do you have... Burbs. You went to the... Absolutely. Do you have uh, the new home studio set yes. up? Is it all... Is uh, that the first thing you did? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. <laughs> the crew can wait. First things first. Couch uh, smouch. I'll yeah. deal with it. Yeah. So we like, downsized for a year, uh, which was supposed to be like two or three and when we downsized, I lost my studio space. So to have that back and like I can leave my bass out of the case and just oh, speakers, oh, it's amazing. So I've actually probably played more in the last week having been here than I have in the last month because it was such a nuisance to like yeah. get out the Apollo, get the headphones in, get your, or whatever it is, you know. And yeah. So it's been nice. Yeah, I'm excited to be good at bass again. <laughs> <laughs> have you – well, I'll get to that. I, I want to ask a question about that. Being good at bass? <laughs> no, I'll get to that. i got a couple people you can interview. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a couple I don't want you to talk to. So you're from uh, Paoli, is that yeah, right? Paoli. Did I pronounce that right? It's more like quicker, Paoli. Paoli. Yeah. Where is that? Is that outside of it's, Philly? It's outside of Philly. It's uh, near Westchester University, if anybody knows where that is. Um, it's usually the. It's near Villanova. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So... Um, it was a good spot to live. I liked it. Are you from a uh, musical family? Um, apparently my dad, so my dad passed away when I was nine. Um, oh, but man. He, he was uh, a very, he was the entertainer of the family, apparently. Okay. And uh, all my aunts and uncles would always tell me stories that he would grab a guitar and just start singing, you know, uh, random songs and get the whole family to sing along. And so he was very much That's a showman. Cool. Yeah, which is cool to hear. And then... Um, my mom dabbled in music. She could sing and played piano, played a little guitar. Um, but she bought a, a baby grand when my dad passed away as like a, I think, a way to release some stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
Baby uh, Grand or a heavy bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either way. I think she chose right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other benefit to this house, it has a spot for a Baby Grand piano. Oh, so I get sweet. to inherit uh, 30 years later. Exactly. Yeah, I'm excited. So, um, How did you find music then? So I would say actually... I don't know. I don't know if it's because of, but in third grade, I, I they, our school did like the music farm where it's like here's every instrument ever made, mm-hmm. pick it up, have fun with it, and uh, immediately drawn to the upright bass. I was like, that thing's cool, and my mom was like, of course. How are we supposed to lug this around for you? <laughs> like, uh, and so I played that from third grade all the way through college. Wait, um, you started upright yeah, in third grade. In third grade, yeah, and uh, it was probably sixth or seventh grade when I realized it's like the same thing like chill it's oh, nice. right, right, right. um so yeah so um and then i did piano lessons and i did um so i found guitar probably seventh or eighth grade mm-hmm. and then our neighbors were really involved in this church right by our house and then ended up going to the youth group because it was just a ton of my friends and uh a bunch of us were like learning guitar at the same time and ended up being like big in the music program in our youth group oh cool uh, the worship leaders um which in high school turned into like us making a band and right. you know me really kind of diving in. And then Tom and the disciples. <laughs> that would have been, a, where were you <laughs> when I was in high school? Dang it. We were called Lovejoy because uh, our lead singer, his favorite show is The Simpsons. So okay. we're in Lovejoy. Oh, there's yeah. a band called Lovejoy here in town. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's fun. I'm going to sue him. It's J- my name. It was J O I. Oh, okay. Oh. They win. <laughs> uh, yeah. So were you in like the high school band? Just the orchestra. Okay. Yeah. Because it'd be hard to march with a stand-up yeah, bass. Upright, yeah. <laughs> upright, yes, yeah. yes. No, I did sports in, in high school. Like, I was, I know, I kind of assumed I was going to either play baseball or soccer in college. And um, I was playing, I went to Bloomsburg University for soccer. Yes. Uh, and I kind of narrowed it down to three different schools that all had soccer programs. And my mom was like, you know, this school has a music program too. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And it was like, audio engineering focused. And I was like, that's really cool. All right. So I ended up picking that school. And then within the first uh, month, I went from a business major to a music major. Really? Yeah. So did music and then I did a minor in business. So did they have a baseball team? They did. For soccer? Because I know you're still a huge baseball fan. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a decent baseball team. Uh, and then the soccer team was actually pretty good. Um, and I was friends with a ton of the guys. I actually grew up playing with like two of the guys that played on the team. And um, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm five on the program. I'd say 5'10". Right. <laughs> uh, you know. 220. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I am definitely not going pro in soccer. Like, yeah. I love playing it. But is it really worth five days a week plus games on Saturdays? Uh, I was like, you know what? Ended up playing rugby because I was two days a week. All the guys were awesome and fun to hang out with them. And then I got to like really dive into music. Yeah. So college was that moment where I was like, how do I do this the rest of my life, you know? Did you ever get real like hand-centric and you were, because you love playing music so much, you were scared of the ball? Because I certainly did. No. After I got my finger jammed yeah. a couple of times. I should have been. My, so I took, uh, we had a um, jazz teacher come in my freshman year, which was fun. Uh, but he was like, I think he was from Philly, which always show up late. I think I missed like six lessons because he just <laughs> stuck in traffic, quote unquote. Uh, and then so the next two years, actually next three years, they hired a, a classical guitar teacher. And so my junior year, because of rugby, 
um, I actually tore my rotator cuff. Nice. And we had that, instead of playing for one day, we had a 30-minute discussion on if you're going to take music seriously, you might have to give up some stuff. And so, um, and that was the first real, like, injury I had where I was like, dang it, he's probably right, you know? And yeah. And so... Um, so you don't get like 11 bass players in a room and have a scrum or anything right. like that? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So. So where's Bloomsburg? It's um, an hour east of Penn State. Oh, okay. So it's kind of middle of the state. If you make... Um, the like, hand? Yeah. Right? Which is different people, than the Michigan hand. Right. If you were going to like do a shadow puppet to make right? a dog, right. close your pinky. <laughs> uh, and then it's just literally like kind of where... Your, your uh, middle finger mid- joins your hand almost. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, that was Pennsylvania. Or that was Bloomsburg, yeah. Bloomsburg. Yes, this is Pennsylvania. <laughs> so uh, you were in a band called William West? Yes. I don't like to brag, but, but we so did win Battle a, of the Bands at Bloomsburg. Is that a person's name, or was that just <laughs> the name of a band? So, so our lead singer, it was his, uh, what was it, like middle name and street name. And he called it like his, like, who knows baptism name or something we're right. like yeah where i grew up that was called something else but i was like sure whatever so <laughs> uh we had a good chuckle about it and then um but he was he was like one of the most talented songwriters i've ever played with like really would just be like hey i thought of this cool here and i was like bro right jeez um it was just like one of those creative guys and i think uh the drummer was probably the best musician and we just kind of would practice in his basement and like go play talent shows or youth retreats or so what did you play stuff. to win the talent contest all originals really yeah was yeah. that like the criteria uh i think so i think everybody played originals um you can really we, play only so many casey in the sunshine band yeah. songs <laughs> yeah yeah we were like a pop punk uh like we would have loved to be on tooth and nail type of band yeah yeah um and it was just fun, like pop, like somewhere in between like Green Day and MXPX, you know. Uh, but he was like a really great lyricist and, and had good melodies. So people like knew our songs and like we played enough around town. And he was involved with like, he was an RA. So we would play like school functions and oh, get nice. paid like 300 bucks. And we we're like, yes, this is awesome, <laughs> you know. And uh, I felt like all our friends would like actually come and see us. And uh, we played our buddy's graduation party because he was like a fan, I guess. And, uh, um, yeah, so we would like have people request songs and stuff. It was really cool. <laughs> that's kind of yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that your people were requesting originals that cl- so enough that club owners didn't hate you. Yeah, I like we didn't do a ton. We didn't do like the grimy nightclub thing. It was more yeah. of like events. Right, we were all clean, upstanding gentlemen. So, well, like how upstanding? What kind of <laughs> clothes were you wearing at the time? <laughs> None of your business. Uh, <laughs> did you dye your hair pink or anything I at did. the time? I didn't. I was scared. <laughs> Uh, I really wanted a lip ring back then, and I was too scared to go home and see my mom and my mom rip it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's not allowed. Um, You'd have a hard time later on. Yeah. So how did you get to Nashville? So after college, I uh, worked as a newspaper salesman uh, in a small little uh, town outside of Philly, Contra Hawken. We have fun names up there. <laughs> and uh, Indian, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I did that for about a year. Uh, they transferred me to the Westchester paper that did like a music, kind of like the Nashville scene, something like that. And it just, it was brand new startup, didn't go great. And I just got really frustrated. And I was like, is this really what I'm going to do the rest of my life? You know, and Mm -hmm. I was playing, um, 
cover shows. Like uh, I'd go to a bar at like five to seven, and me and my friend Kelly would play um, three hours of acoustic music. Well, I guess that would be two hours. Um, <laughs> doing math in my head is, uh, and and then we started doing like a bunch of bars around town, and I was like, you know, I look forward to that more than anything. Yeah. And I was like, how do we kind of do this to the next level? And you know, there was a buddy Nate who. Uh, he was an incredible piano player and good uh, lyricist, and uh, we would play like Milk Boy, uh, which was in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, and like I got really involved. The Griffin, uh, which was like a little coffee shop, we do shows there, and I just felt like you know there was only so many. It was either you were doing a cover band thing at like Brownies, which was in Ardmore too, and like people would come, like make six figure salaries yeah. playing these cover bands or, you know, you're playing these coffee houses hoping that like Amos Lee hears you on like world right. cafe live and takes you out on tour. And so, um, it kind of came down to like, am I going to move to New York or am I going to move to Nashville? Uh, my aunt and uncle live down here. Um, so I was like, I'll have somewhere to like kind of post up for a while till I find a place to live. Um, my buddy Nate, who I was talking about moved to New York, visited him for like a week. And I was like, I don't know how you're affording to live in New York. Yeah, no kidding. And so Nashville just made more sense. You know, I think I found an apartment for like, I split with my cousin for like 350 bucks a month, you know, and I was like, that's doable. So I worked at Starbucks and, um, kind of, you do make good coffee. Thank you. It's really, Um, but yeah, I just like kind of got to that point in my life where I was like, music's what's making me, what's making me happy. Yeah. Why not try to do that full time? So, so you, uh, did you intern at Emerald Studio? I did. Emerald and Masterphonics, yeah. How was that? Uh, it was, you know, an internship. I answered phones and got lunches. I did get lunch for uh, Dan Huff and Keith Urban one time. Nice. Which was pretty cool. Like, that was probably, like, the first, uh, like, intimate interaction I had with a celebrity. Yeah. Where, and, like, I, Keith Urban was really, like, my gateway to country music. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved his guitar playing and songs. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, to meet him, I was like, this is awesome. And then I went back and sat at the desk and answered phones, you know. <laughs> Did you ask him uh, if, he, if he had any questions for uh, you? No. I said, uh, you had no onions, right? <laughs> right. I, don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Uh, but it was cool. Like, I um, met, uh, like, Nickel Creek and, I mean, a ton of celebrities. Yeah. And, uh, with, uh, um, like, Fanfare Week, they hosted a bunch of radio stuff. So I got to, like, yeah. kind of interact with people and uh, and really get to know some, some um uh, who's that Australian? Who's the other Australian guitar player? Um, oh, Jed Hughes. Yeah, um, I hung out with him for like a whole day one time, and like he was like <laughs> 22, and I was like, "This dude's awesome!" And went and saw him play at BB uh, King's downtown, and so like there was some cool out of it. Yeah, but most of it, I would say like 90 percent was just sitting at a desk answering phones and like. Did you ask him? Go. You know what? I, I'm, I'm hearing your accent. It doesn't sound like Arkansas. No, 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 no. It's Australia. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> so, were you getting into engineering or anything like that? I mean, were you setting up mics? Were you changing? T- I don't know. They probably weren't using tape at that point. Uh, they it's were like tran- there was like one or two guys that would use tape, but for the most part, no one really Still did. Still Pro Tools. Um, or, yeah, I, Pro I really. So they had like four studios. Uh, right. They had. Emerald, which is like they had like the basement studio, uh, Masterphonics, um, what I think it's called the control room now or the mixing room or something in the cul de sac. Right. Um, what is that called? I forget. Jars of Clay was actually there for like a month when I was answering phones. Hmm. And, uh, 
And then they had like another like really small B one. And so every now and again, especially like if I did the night shift, I got to like set up or like tear down for mm-hmm. sessions, which was cool. And I got to ask questions. Um, there was one day I got to like towards the end, I just did three every summer you were supposed to do like a certain amount of hours. So I just did it all in one summer. So I was down here for like, I think I did 120 hours. So two months or something. Dang. Yeah. And I just like knocked it out. Cause all the studios our college would recommend were just like, yeah. I was like, you know, you're not going to deal with any cool artists. No offense right. to where no, it was, yeah, but like geogra- geographically, yeah. I wanted to be in the mix of like big studios. And so, um, I got to know one of the engineers cause I always got him his dinner <laughs> essentially. And, uh, he was like, man, you know what? We're going to go out to dinner tonight. Do you want to recall a session for me? And I was like, I don't know what that means. So yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and so he had a board, I think it was like 88 channels and you have a TV screen and every channel all the way down from the trim down to the EQ, down to the uh, volume. Like you have to get within millimeters of where it was. And right. so you're sitting there on the screen and you're like, just tweaking it, tweaking it, tweaking it. <sighs> nope, missed it. Tweaking it, tweaking it. All right, next. And you can't move on until there, it hits and like right. says this is where it was. And so I sat there for like an hour and a half just twisting knobs, and I was like, I don't ever want to recall a session yeah. again. So this is engineering. Yeah, I was mm. like, I'm probably good. So, yeah. Man. I learned a lot about how that process works. Yeah. And I was like, it's fun. I think I'd love to do it. But I also like saw the writing on the wall with Pro Tools being a home studio, and I was like, how much longer is this the way records are going to make? Because yeah. I was 04. And so, you know, a couple of years later, by the time I graduated, like everybody had a studio. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's got to be hard because literally, guys, with the kind of gear that we have, we could make a whole record out if we're not using live drums. Yeah. In guys our house. Do. Yeah, people do. Billy, exactly. you know, she won, what, eight Grammys? Yeah. From doing it all in her bedroom. So That's only like five. Oh, sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. She still has room to grow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when she's 19, she'll yeah. snag those other three. <laughs> so how'd you get into writing songs? So I always, like when I learned guitar, it just, like everybody I was with, it was just what you did. Yeah. You write your song and then you get together and you guys either collaborate playing it together or you're like, uh, I really looked up to my buddy Nate. Um he was just one of the most talented musicians today I still have ever met. And I would just kind of be like, here's what I wrote. And he'd be like, you know, here's what a cooler chord progression could be. Or mm. Here's this. And so I learned a lot from him. Um, and then it was in Nashville, all of a sudden everybody was writing together, which like mm. confused me. Cause I was like, well, how do you, I know how my process works. I don't see how that works with somebody else. Uh, and so I kind of got like a little, uh, I don't know, shy Nashville intimidated the crap out of me for sure. the first like three years. You oh, know, yeah. I kind of like, I felt like I didn't do music for three years, but um, I just kind of eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try to write with people. And, uh, and so our buddy, Justin Maruzic and uh, Brian and Tyler, like we all lived together and I would just try to write and be like, all right, let's see how this goes. And um, so it just kind of like turned into that, like, Oh, okay. This is how you write with people. And now it's like, I try to write by myself and I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do this. You know, my, so. My biggest thing with writing by myself is I never know when the song is done. Yeah. I want the other guy in the room to go, all right. Yeah. I think we got it. Yep. Are you sure? Yeah. So you said you were living with Brian and Tyler. That's FGL, BK, and (laughs) T-Hub. How did you you come together with them and Justin? Yeah. Was that a Belmont thing or something? No, uh, it's kind of a 
long story, but uh, so I met a guy at Starbucks that I was working with who met a guy named Ryan Creamer, who's a writer in town. Yeah. Who was doing a solo thing at the time or a band thing at the time. Justin was playing keys for him. So I went out for a oh, weekend yeah. and uh, filled in on bass. Uh, Justin, two years later, moves to Nashville, w- lives with Ryan a-, a year after that, uh, moves in with Brian and Tyler. Um, they had a roommate, Jimmy, who played baseball was moving out to go play independent ball in like Kentucky or somewhere. And I, my two roommates were leaving. So I was like needing a spot to live. And Justin was like, dude, move in with us. They want to do a band thing. I'm playing drums. You play bass. They already have a guitar player. And so it just kind of like worked out. I, Cause it was like, it wasn't like, we're going to make it big. It was just kind of like, they have songs they're going to play yeah. around town. It'll yeah. be fun. And I was like, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. We're all musicians. We're all, you know, friends already. And so, ended up meeting them and then they were like heck yeah come live with us and then chase moved in chase rice moved in like three months after that so it was just kind of like cool to see what everyone's done since then but it was a fun time so it's five guys in there yeah there's it was kind of like a split level uh so justin and tyler were in the bottom and then me tyler or me uh bk and chase were up top how many bathrooms uh bk had his own so me and chase shared one and then there was i think they shared one too downstairs (laughs) yeah so we were good we're good (laughs) Yeah. So was it always Florida Georgia Line, or did that just? I mean, was that the name that they were going with, or when you yeah. guys started this whole thing? Uh, yeah, they kind of made that because they were just doing they were like writers rounds in town, just the two of them. Oh, okay. Um, and they came up with the name before they really were like, "Hey, let's do a full band stuff yeah. and go play Tin Roof and Relish and that kind right. of stuff." So as long as I've known them, it's been FGL. So, yeah, yeah. So you've been with them since 2010. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, I've seen. That's a lot. crazy. That I mean, be there that long is pretty cool. Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's fun to think back on like playing a relay for life, and like, and then, you know, we would like meet or uh, me, Justin, and Brian Bonds played with Chase and FGL. We would all go out as like a group, and instead oh, of them f- filling three hours of time, they would kind of split the time and right. have one band. And so it was just a blast because you felt like you were touring with your friends. You yeah, know? and I guess you don't like. I look back, or I look at guys now that like hop in a van or a Tahoe with someone, and I'm like, man, that's kind of weird. Like, how? Like, you're a stranger, and like, we were best friends, so yeah. I can't imagine. I get, there's a lot you have to deal with when you're in that close proximity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it was just so much easier being friends, probably because you have the freedom to say more or laugh more. Or, yeah. You know, you kind of know how everybody is. Um, so, it was and fun. you can. You don't have to worry about how do I get away from this guy when I'm literally in the middle of the Tahoe seat between two other guys. Yeah. How much longer till we get? Seven oh, hours. I was like, I'll drive, just so I don't have to be in the third row. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to put these headphones on. Is that is that cool? Yeah. How many gigs have you guys done since? Oh, jeez. Any idea? No, no clue. Um, a lot. I mean, I think in 2013 I tracked 250 shows. It was like something like 258 or something. The next year, we're like two, 190, 187 or something. And then, it, I mean, slowly, probably 140 yeah. after that, 120. This year, I think we did 60 or 70. So, I mean, over 1,000 yeah. for sure. That's a lot. And that doesn't include like radio visits. And So, you add that up, and it's I've played cruise <sighs> countless oh, times. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff, you, you kind of... Hope you like the songs. Yeah, for sure. It's like I was reading an interview with uh, Joe Elliott from Def Leppard, and they were talking about the set lists for yeah. different tours, and they said, uh, 
is there any songs that are just completely off limits? And he says, to me, yes. But, he says, we're a five-man band, mm-hmm. and if I say, I'll never do, I can't think of a title right now, but I'll never do Cruise Again, and the other four guys go, you know, we kind of should do that. It's a great song, and we all love playing. He goes, all right, where do you want to put it in the yeah, set list? Like- and he says, you just go make it a democracy. But, yeah. yeah, you get those songs, you see them coming on the on the set list, and you go, oh, crap. Yeah. I've got nine more good minutes, and then. <laughs> oh. I mean, look, I don't feel like. There's not like one I dread playing. Oh no! Thankfully, yeah. And then sometimes I feel like Tyler and BK are the same way. Where like, you know, you kind of get tired of a song, so maybe it leaves a set list for three months, and then yeah. when it comes back, you're like, man, this kind of was fun to play, you know. So we can't do that with certain songs, like you know, right. you can't ditch cruise or yeah, you know, some of them. But um, I always kind of look at it as like there's something I don't know. Come up with a something that's going to entertain you, like yeah. a new lick or you know something. So there's always a way to... See if you can play it left-handed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See if I can play drums this time around. <laughs> you, know. you want to switch? Yeah. You and me? Switch. I tried. Does it work? Sean won't let me. I think it's because... He can't play bass. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the problem. So what are the highs and the lows of being on the road? Oh, man. That's a good question. Uh, I think the highs, you know, it's... I'd actually start with the lows. The lows, uh, you know... It can be long days of, of you're kind of stuck in a parking lot. Yeah. It's not always easy to get away or, you know, and so you don't have a, a room you can go hide in. you like, you go to the bus and there's 10 other people on your bus. You yeah. go to the dressing room and there's six other people in your dressing room. You go stand in the parking lot and one of the opening artists is doing a phoner in that random, you know, so it's like yeah. there's always people around, which can, uh, can be frustrating. Or if you're like trying to get work done, um, it can be a bit like tedious to find somewhere where you can put headphones on and like set up on a desk and whatever. Um, but then like at the end of the day you get in front of like a sold out crowd and you're always like, this is why, you know, this is why I worked for like years and years and years to get to this place, you know? And, um, my wife is a physical therapist and so she deals with stroke victims and car crash. People learn how to walk again. And so, Mm. you know, I'll call her and be like, you know, so-and-so farted in the, Right. <laughs> woke me up and then we're having chicken again at catering and she's like well this person finally walked the first step yeah, and took a step for months. and i'm yeah. like i'll go eat some chicken right and smile about it you I know that chicken will be good. so she's really good at putting in things into perspective yeah and like you know i think a lot of it is uh just forcing yourself to get out of a routine because i think it's really easy to sit on the couch in your dressing room drinking your fourth cup of coffee just right. kind of like staring at a wall and being like you know what and, and I feel like, you know, Taco, we talked about him earlier, and Aaron and a couple of other band guys, Dan and Sean, like, we'll just be like, you know what? We're having a fun day. And we came up with this thing called Myth, Make It Fun. Um, and so it's just like, let's go find a coffee shop, a record store, a music store, a, a bar. Let's go something. do something yeah. and get out, even if it's for an hour, just clear your head, get away from the chaos of the routine. And uh, and so lows can be highs if you just like take your time but yeah it's just tedious man to like this it's groundhog's day you know if you let it be out there you know? it's kind of nice though the way you guys tour you're not sitting in yankton south dakota with two days off true you know you're kind of in you play three yeah. gigs or whatever and then you're back home for sure that's kind of nice yeah i have a buddy that tours with alan stone and they'll be gone for two months straight yeah and i was like what are you doing off day like if you have four days off you just sit in a hotel room. he's like yeah Dang. Unless you want to pay to fly home yeah. and fly back. So yeah. I definitely am very thankful for that. Um, that's where golf clubs come in handy. Yeah, that's what I did <laughs> last year. I was like, any day I can get out and golf, it just yeah. 
splits up the day, you know, and I've gotten on some great courses because of it. And so, you know, that's a big high. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I would say the other low is just being gone from your family and like, you know, I feel somewhat, um, I don't know, guilty about making my wife kind of hold down the fort and take care of the house, the kid, the, yeah. you know, the dog um, by herself sometimes because we don't have family close. So right. that can be a bit of a low, but, you know, the off time is a high because, you know, we get, yeah, right, you know, I, I'm off till April essentially. So I get some good time with my son and yeah. our dog and Bart Almond. Well, wow. <laughs> Uh, I suppose it is, yeah, it is worse now that you do have a, a young son. Or you have, have you, how old is he? Is seven months. Seven months? Yeah. So you haven't really been no. gone, gone, gone. Yeah, I mean, he was born and I left a week later. Man. So that that was a little challenging uh, mentally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, such is life. Yeah. I could be in the Army and be gone for nine months. and So... There's always a positive. Dude, my dad was gone 20 days a month when I was growing up. Talked to him every night on the phone, and yeah. you know he tried to get to as many baseball games and the football games, whatever as he could. And yeah. we didn't know any different. Well, and that's I've talked to a lot of guys that are years ahead of me. Um, you know, it's funny, like Tully Kennedy from Aldine's band. Oh, called, yeah. He just randomly called me yesterday to catch up, and I was asking about like parental things, and yeah. it's kind of nice to have guys that have done it, and they're like, "Man, your kid." adjust you know like yeah that's all they know so that's what they're used to it's not like they're sitting there wishing you know because when you are home you get more time with them and he's like so you know you could be at home with a nine to five and you're leaving the house when they go to daycare and then you get home after them and they might be in bed so it's like take the good with the bad for sure and now with uh facetime and and everything it's like you get to tell them good night yeah so it's good um you know like missing holidays or birthdays or weddings like me and my wife have been married our this is our fifth year so i mean we've gone to like two weddings together because i'm always on the road you know and so like it's that little stuff that kind of sucks that you miss but, yeah um yeah you make do you went to your own i did i was that mine. was an important yeah, one. that was a good one and so yeah you know you just make the best of it so what are your plans with fgl i mean are you just gonna ride it until it ain't there anymore are you just that's gonna, my plan yeah i mean it's it's such a good core group of people like our techs, our band, um, the two guys. Yeah. Like we have people that I hang out with when I'm not on the road, you know, right. and I feel like I've toured it with enough other people that to know that's a pretty rare thing. Yeah. Um, and I would say like my base tech Cal and like Rick and Hunter and Scott and Reezy, all those guys are like, and even, you know, Aaron came over two days ago and we, hung out in the kitchen and had coffee and you know like yeah. we all hang out a lot and like i was texting our guitar uh, tech dave because he went to the super bowl because he's a big Chiefs fan so like we all have like vested interest in each other and like yeah our, it's it's just a good family and so i don't i don't ever want to like i don't see the point of ever leaving you know like no, it's a great fun gig we all have a good time together like the well, guys always, are in a good spot so it's, it's like, always that you can't if you don't have those common experiences, like you can't really understand what it's like unless you've done it. Right. And so it's being with other guys that have done it is very comfortable. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And like, I enjoy the music enough, uh, where it's like, I don't ever get on stage and be like, I gotta play these songs, you know, it's right. like, cool, let, let's go. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I love it. Yeah. And so unless the guys go back to touring, 
12 months of the year, right. <laughs> you know, like, um, which I don't see them wanting to do that. Like no. we're in a great spot. That's cool. Well, your, your other business yeah. is, tell me if I'm wrong or right on this. You're the president of musician slash artist relations at Lansdowne private wealth management group. Close. Uh, <laughs> well, Lansdowne is our, uh, like, Main headquarters. Oh, okay. So we have. I, I am the musician and art and relations president of uh, Nashville Private Wealth Management. Ah. So I head that for this Nashville branch, um, and yeah. So that is. I am a licensed financial advisor. So how did this? Was that part of your business stuff at college? Um, I mean, I was always that guy that was like, "Why are we getting paid like this? How is this working? What is that? You know, like." I was usually the band guy that all the other guys would be like, how do I do this? What's a W9? Why is this? You know? Right. And so, and then I remember actually it's funny, Chase, Chase Rice, when he lived with us, won or got second on the survivor and won a bunk, big chunk of money. And I, and I was like trying to learn the stock market. And so I would trade on this like fake platform where oh, it was really? just all play money. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, I remember trading at the kitchen table one time and, following these stocks for a while and I traded it and then sold it like a couple days later. And I was like, Chase, if you gave me a thousand bucks, I would have doubled your money. <laughs> and he was just like, cool. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so like, you know, from there, once I like made enough money to pay my bills and had a little extra, I started, you know, doing E-Trade and that kind of stuff. And, and so I've always been very involved with that. Uh, I was, you know, as soon as I could, I set up an IRA mm-hmm. did all this stuff. And so, um, I just saw a need for uh, people in Nashville doing the music thing to have someone that they can trust and know, understands our business and like uh, can ask questions. Cause like, yeah. I, like I honestly had no idea who to ask or who to trust in Nashville when it came to financial advising. And so like I used like everybody does uh, the guy that my mom used, you right. know? And, um, and so I met this guy, Bob Obradis, who started this firm, um, at a show, actually, he ended up tailgating next to my aunt and uncle who live up in Virginia. Right. And so we ended up talking stocks and random stuff and uh, traded cards or whatever. And the next year, um, I was golfing with my aunt in the same in, up in Virginia. And she was like, remember that family we tailgated with? Like, we've been keeping in touch, and they're going to come tailgate with us again. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so uh, we ended up talking again. And so I write him an email just like, hey, man, I love what they do because they kind of set it up where they have, like, a team of a CPA and a lawyer and they all kind of get in a room together. If you have a client and say like, okay, here's what you're working with. This is mm-hmm. why I think you should do this from a tax standpoint, you know? And I was just like, cause I had an issue with how I get paid. Cause we get paid with, I mean, I have a stack of 1099s, W2s, like it's ridiculous. From every state. Yeah. From TV, it, from States. From, yeah. It, it's like absurd to see how I have to do my taxes. So anyways, um, he was like, Oh yeah, that's why we do this. It's so like, you can kind of prepare and make sure that you see the whole big picture instead of just the you know financial planning or just the taxes. It's, right. it's a team thing. And I was like, I love that. And I was like, I haven't seen that in Nashville. Like, how could I help guy, like guys like me do that? And he goes, well, my firm would sponsor you if you want to get your licenses. And, and I was like, well, what's that mean? <laughs> you know? And so yeah. dug into what the series seven was and um, you know, it was a, six hour test and it was like 260 multiple choice. And yeah, it was, it took me like 
seven months to study for, and then took the 66, which was like 150 questions. Is that the series 66? Yes. yes, it is. I've heard of that. Yeah, and so it was a process, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I just I want to be the guy, and I know it's going to take me time to like get my name out there and get the trust from my peers, but like, yeah. I want to be the guy that's like, listen, I understand your situation. I understand how you get paid. I understand what it's like to play on NBC and get yeah. you know, your, your W-2 for – $300 for playing Jimmy Fallon or whatever it is. You know? After and, you've already done your taxes. Yeah. And like, yeah. and like how that works into your big picture. And, um, and like, here's what opportunities are for us players. And, um, obviously I, you know, I'm working with some new artists as well. And, uh, but I just want to be a guy that can like be a resource because I feel like so many people in Nashville just focus on the artists, you know, right. because, and I get it. Like everybody's trying to make their money and, one and a half percent of what I would be investing in, you know, yeah. is like yeah. a lot of work for nothing, you know? And so, but I see it as like, this is my community. This is like what I've kind of been able to like have this house and this family. Like I met my wife on the road, you know, like everything I have right now, I feel really responsible or it feels like because of my situation. Right. And so this seems like a great next step for me that I can do for the next 20, 30 years, uh, yeah. whether I'm on the road or not. And really help the community that I feel like has blessed me, and so. But also, just morally helping the guy that makes thirty grand a year, giving him some peace of mind. Yeah, even if it's advice. Absolutely. Here's what you do on e trade. (laughs) You know, like I'd rather charge someone a coffee and say, "I understand your situation. Like, let me help you at least set yourself up so you can do some good." and like I always tell guys too, like let me at least set up an IRA for you because it's amazing how quick six grand a year, which is like the most you could put into an mm-hmm. IRA, can turn into sixty thousand dollars. And yeah. all of a sudden, like if I told you save sixty thousand dollars in ten years, you'd be like, oh gosh, how do I do right. that? You know? And right. I was like, let me just set something up for you so that when you're fifty, you at least have something. Yeah, so that's rude of me. I know. My phone. That's success. Is that success? On that? <laughs> yeah. Are they oh, calling? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I just like felt like that was my way to give back. And, uh, you know, to have, like, life after music, you know, yeah. not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so one day, you know, like, <laughs> who, like I hope this lasts for another 20 years, but yeah. you, you never know in the music industry, you know? So what, uh, Who's worse with money, musicians or athletes? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess musicians, to be honest. <laughs> why, why are they so dumb? Uh, you know what? I, th- I honestly think like we spend so much time learning a craft that, uh, the finance can be very complicated. And like, yeah. I feel like I'm the rare breed where like one, my mom taught me very well Two, I'm interested in why it all works, how that works. Uh, and, um, but most guys, it's just like, it's so complicated. I'm not going to do anything. You know right. what I mean? And so instead of even setting up a savings account, they just are like, well, I need to buy a guitar. I need to buy studio stuff. I need to, yeah. you know, and it's like, and it's not like, you know, you're touring in a van, you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, right. you know, like first couple of years touring, I made $18,000. So you're like trying to cover your rent. You know? And then your excuse is, well, I'm never home. I don't have time to set up a savings account. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then like the other thing I get too is like, Oh, I'd assume it'd cost me like 50 grand to have, like use your, and like, no, 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 no. Like you won't even see a bill, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'll make sure it's all good. And, um, and so I think just like getting the information on how this works and how it can benefit people has been like my most exciting part of being in the financial industry. Well, everybody also always, always, uh, thinks 
it, this is going to last forever, right? Yeah. Especially like you look at like writers. I mean, I can see how like you're what you're talking. You might have another twenty years on top of the ten years that we already had with just with this one act, right? But an athlete can be in and out of the NFL in four years, yeah, and then who knows what. But it, like I always say, like okay, those guys made what? Let's say on average they make three million dollars. Yeah. So four years later, that's a huge chunk of money. And if, if they haven't, if they get set up, blown right, it, you yeah, know, you know, and it's like they could live off that and then do whatever the heck they want, you or know? nothing, or nothing, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like I would say, players and crew guys don't have that luxury. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, and some artists, uh, what's an average artist shelf life? Maybe. Five years, uh, yeah, six years, and so, and that know, may not be making money either. Yeah, and so it's just really helping these guys set themselves up at the beginning, so that like everything's already in place and kind of um, setting themselves up. So not it's like, well, once I make a million dollars, then I'll worry about investing. It's yeah, like, no, man, like you can set up something now so that even if you make hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for the next five years, you'll yeah. have a good chunk of money. Saved. Absolutely, um, and you know, it's just. Uh, Especially you find somebody that's honest and that you trust. I mean, you always hear these horror stories like Billy Joel had to put his brother-in-law in in jail for stealing 13 million bucks or whatever. I mean, I mean, like it's, it's amazing how regulated this industry is. Like every email I I send is, is seen by somebody, you know, every trade I do is seen by somebody. So I'm, I'm always sitting here like, how How does that happen? Which I I don't think they're licensed. Like, I think it's like a business manager or like not to, I'm not saying every business manager, but I'm saying like those guys in those certain situations couldn't have been licensed Yeah, or like, because that's mind blowing to me that like, how do you get away with $13 million without someone noticing? You know, know the comedian Dane Cook. Yeah. He was, he's from Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, his career got to the point where he was selling out arenas. And he thought, well, if I'm going to get into, he was in a couple of movies. Thought if I'm going to really do this, I need to be in L.A. Yeah. His brother was his financial guy, and he went to his manager, manager, and said, "I need to pull out for legal reasons, I guess, all of my money out of Massachusetts and move it all to California." And they went in and they said, "There's nothing there." Oh God! And his brother had stolen. Everything he'd worked on for up till then. Wow. And they said, well, how did you handle that? I just heard an interview with him. How did you handle that? He goes, well, he's in jail. Put your brother in jail? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he's willing to steal from you, what's putting him in jail? I'm guessing that's one of those maybe not-so-licensed things. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's wild. But, yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I think having someone that people know uh, has been through – the industry yeah it's like i'm i'm literally here doing this because i really want to help you know it's not like i'm trying to quit like i'm not trying to make so much money that i can quit fgl it's like no i love playing music and right. i want to keep playing music but i also really want to help our industry so um i think there's like a certain level of trust in like uh i guess appreciation for yeah. the fact that i'm trying to do both of these to help the industry so do you have like a list of Business managers and attorneys and stuff that you like working with that you would steer a client to? Um, I have, I definitely have like tried the best I can to introduce myself to as many business managers yeah. as I can. Unfortunately, Nashville's a very closed, right. good old boys network. And so it's been a yeah. little tough to get in with some of the people that I haven't interacted from with a music standpoint. Um, but luckily for me, I've like 
I've met a lot of people. So I've had a lot of, uh, doors open just because it's like, Hey, like, yeah, at least hear me out. At least hear my spiel. And they're like, all right, that's cool. You're doing it. I'll at least hear your spiel. Yeah. And so, um, and I have for maybe I would say like three or four guys that are coming up needing a business manager or a CPA or something. I can refer that like, here's a list of three guys I really like. Um, I'll tell you their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Um, depending what you're looking for, you know, because some artists want certain things and other artists want other things. And so, um, I try not to be like, use this one guy. I'm like, here's three guys, call them all up, go talk to them, see who fits you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's my big goal is trying to get in with these business managers and refer back and forth and, and like be a resource for them as well to say like, Hey, here's three, uh, you know, financial advisors that can kind of map out your retirement and yep. savings. And so, um, it's just been a challenge. And so I've been chipping away at that and managers and business managers trying to get with them. And then also just like my network of, you know, musicians, writers, artists, yeah. uh, and just going personally to them and being like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. I'd love to help if that's something you need, if you don't have a guy yet. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's, uh, it's been like any, uh, new job. It's been a, a bit of a challenge to like, I guess, expose myself, like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> not that way, but just like put myself out there and be like, Hey, you know, like, this is what I'm doing. I hope you're like, and I never know why it feels awkward to text someone. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me know everything you do financially, right. but let me help you, you know? And, it, right. and I have to get over that. Cause like, that's what I'm trying to do is reach out to these people and help them set themselves up for the future. Yeah. And, um, so this year I've, I feel like I've been a lot better about just being like, here's what I'm doing. If this is something you're interested, I'd love to talk more. If not, no big deal. Like, yeah, it's not going to affect our friendship. It's not going to affect us working together musically. Right. Um, so that's been cool. Or on the golf course. Or on the golf course, which, you know, that's where I do most of my business. Dude, and why not? Yeah. Just, that's awesome. Actually, we probably don't do any business out there, but I no. like to golf. <laughs> nice putt. That'll be $75. Yeah. Well, do you want to do uh, the lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, what this is, so I'm just going to... Do I have to name rip? every song ever played on Lightning 100? And no, go. but that would be... A different lightning. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you some questions and just off the top of your head, hit me with an answer. Okay. Or think about it, whatever you want. <laughs> What's your favorite book? Ooh, East of Eden. Although I, I read that, Atlas Shrugged. It took me four years. And no, I'm going to go with East of Eden. <laughs> it is a really cool book. But... Why did it take you four years? I wanted you to go, eh, like Shrug. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> like Atlas? <laughs> I get it. Oh, no. <laughs> You a bath or a shower guy? Shower, hundred nice. percent. What's the last gift you gave someone? Oh, geez, it's bad that I have to think about this. I gave Aaron a bunch of boxes, moving boxes. Nice. Is that considered a gift? Yes. What's the first concert you saw? How old were you? And did you get a shirt? <laughs> Man, I really don't want to answer this. <laughs> Come on, is either, what, it the was, Carpenters, Bee Gees, maybe. I went with a girl. Okay, uh, it was BB Mac. If you remember oh, that yeah. band, yeah, um, straight up boy band. Uh, I think I was fifteen, fourteen or fifteen, um, and it was yeah in Philly, small little. Uh, I think it was at the like TLA or somewhere, Electric Factory maybe. Um, what was the back half of that question? Sorry, uh, how old was I? You said how 15? old you were, like fifteen. Did yeah. you get a shirt? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> 
<laughs> I probably had my ball cap pulled down. None of my friends saw me. <laughs> I don't even think I wore a they shirt. They were good, though. God, they had some great harmonies. <laughs> Can't hate on that. Did you get a shirt? <laughs> Definitely not. Hi, <laughs> uh, um, buddy. Can I – so – uh, in Philly, Peter Frampton and Journey came every Fourth of July, Dude. and I went to that four years in a row. So just to redeem myself, that's I went to good concerts too. <laughs> yes, two of the best guitar players in the oh, world awesome. will ever see. Yeah. What's your favorite place to travel? Oh, Europe, hundred percent. Any place in? No, I don't care. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I've done Scotland. Yeah, yeah I've done Australia <laughs> three times now, and it's awesome. Uh, it's always fun, uh, but it, it, it just feels like. Some of the cities feel like you're in New York or Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Europe's just like, it's like familiar enough, but so different. Uh, me and my wife did um, London, Paris, Amsterdam last year. Nice. Or two years ago now, I guess. Uh, and Paris was like awesome. Yeah. I was like, I could I could live in London tomorrow. Uh, and that's kind of how I felt about Paris too. So, yeah. The commute would get to you playing games yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. though. Yeah, some cities, like you say, feels like you're in New York City, and some c- cities you realize, hey, I'm 3,000 miles <laughs> yeah, from home. For sure, for sure. <laughs> and I, I can't drive there. So. Yeah. Uh, what song do you wish you would have written? Oh, wow. Um, dang. Uh,. I want to say James Taylor. Um, nice. Country Road. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you play that? No. No? That's what I, I There's a couple artists I'm like ever scared to learn. Yeah. Just because it's like I don't want to take away from it. Like Sting is that way. Yeah. I, I haven't learned a lot of Sting bass lines. Man, there's a lot of like Sting songs I wish I wrote too. There's also some of those songs you, if you learn it, you realize how simple it is. Then you're kind of yeah. disappointed. <laughs> Seriously, gosh, it's like that show on uh, Sirius. I think Scotty and from Anthrax has a show called Never Meet Your Heroes. Mm. And I've met a couple of my heroes that I was, I kind of wish I hadn't. Yeah, and some of them I was really scared of. Now are like still great friends. And I'm so thankful I saw them. But yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's like. I see what you're doing here. Yeah. And that's all you're doing there. Yeah. Mm. Fire and Rain would have been cool to write, too. Yeah. James Taylor's a beast. Or, like, even Van Morrison. Man, I'm a big fan of, like, that era. Yeah. I'll stick with anything James Taylor wrote. All right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, why do you think bass players don't hoard instruments like guitar players do? Are they, they just better adjusted people? <laughs> uh, I've heard <laughs> someone tell me. Uh, bass players are different because we get the strings are thicker, so we get more nickel into our blood. <laughs> so maybe that's why. <laughs> no, uh, I think no one cares who the bass player is. We don't get solos unless you're like Victor Wooten. So it's like this bass works. <laughs> you know, you got you, you guitar players. It's you're in the spotlight and. It's like you can't yeah. wear the same leather pants twice. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many different ways to go there. I'm not going to go anywhere. I mean, but I just played in my basement today, and I I played two, two different guitars. Yeah. Um, I I also feel like there's a lot more depth to what you can do with a guitar, like a Strat versus yeah. a hollow body versus a Les Paul. Right. Like you have a jazz bass or a hollow body or a P bass. You know. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't, and like 
I would say four out of four wives couldn't tell the difference between any of those bases, you know? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I started dating the effervescent Amy, I showed, took her to my house and showed her and took her downstairs to the little music room. And she just kind of looked around quiet. She goes, so why do you have so many guitars? <laughs> I said, well, sit down. And I picked up, I go, this guitar goes with this amp, blang, blang, blang. Yeah. This guitar goes with that amp. This acoustic guitar has this kind of wood. This one has that kind of wood. And after about an hour, she goes, so why do you have so many guitars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time I have to, like, get a new bass, Jess is like, so what does this do differently? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much at this point why I need a different color. Well, but my answer to Amy was, why do you have so many shoes? And she went, well, these shoes go with this skirt, and those shoes go. Then she just went, oh, I, I, I don't get it, but I kind of get it. My problem is if I'm like, listen, I'm going to get this bass. You can get an equivalent pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Those are expensive shoes. That's a lot of shoes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Our deal, and this may help you out, with Amy's photography, if I want to get a guitar, she can get a lens for a camera or something. It's yeah. like, can you make money with that? Yeah. Well, that's the plan. Well, if you can make money with it, then you yeah. can get it. Can we pause this real quick? Yeah, man. Sorry. All right, we're back. Real parent life right there. Yeah. But anyways, yes, well, get get more bases because they're good. You know what? I mean, they're all investments. That's true. You're a financial guy. You know That's that. True. Yeah. Something to be said. So what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you do? Of course, I guess you're doing two things. Yeah. I'd probably be doing one of the two. <laughs> yeah. So with your love of soccer and baseball, did you ever want to go into coaching or anything? Because I no, did. No? Not a very good coach. And no? Co- no. Uh, no. Just really didn't have any interest in coaching. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So where can people get a hold of you? What are your socials? Oh, uh, Instagram is at high underscore I'm Tom. Um, I follow you. Yeah. that You can pretty much get a hold of me through everything else on that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, go take care of your kid. All right. Thank you, brother. Hey, thanks for letting me do this. This is fun. It was awesome. Let's play golf. Okay. (laughs) Play what? Golf. Golf. Sorry, I had something in my mouth. I I don't know what it was. Bye. See ya.